This is podcast Found in Estonia, where we talk with foreigners who have made Estonia their home. To keep up with everything we're up to, join our email community on foundinestonia.ee. You can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram, where we post some of the behind-the-scenes clips from our interviews. Today's episode is with Irina from Belarus. She's been living in Tartu for over six years now. Her Russian is perfect, her English is perfect, her Estonian is not perfect yet. Though talking about languages, we asked whether she uses uh, more English or Russian while living in Estonia. She actually uses both, but there are different situations where she uses them. We also talked about Belarusian language and its new wave that it's making in Belarus. We had a deep dive to her musical background. We talked about how much Estonians dislike talking on phones. And we got into different local traditions. And there was even one that I, as an Estonian, had to Google about because, well, Tahma Thomas, I had never heard of it. <laughs> and you will hear what I discovered. And there are many more topics that we covered. So let's just start from the beginning. Enjoy. All right. Well, thank you for having me today. You're <laughs> welcome. Nobody says hello here. Yeah. Like, we're very Estonian <laughs> about it. No introduction. <laughs> today, we can start this. Um, yeah, my name is Irina, and the pronunciation was totally fine. Um, I um, actually moved in uh, to Estonia in 2014, and okay. uh, since then, basically, I count my stand- I, I count Estonia as being my second home. So it's been quite some time already. (laughs) Yeah, that's really, really nice. So um, what brought you to Estonia in general? Studies. Only studies? What kind of studies? Where did you study? What did you study? How did you even hear about Estonia? We want to know everything. Uh, Yeah, well... (laughs) I had this uh, dream of studying abroad because, uh, well, even though the education in Belarus is quite good, I wanted to have some different experience uh, living in a completely different country, maybe having some kind of like culture shock, uh, getting to know <laughs> new you people. You wanted to have culture shock, okay. <laughs> Yes, I think it's it's very educative as well because mm-hmm. you are kind of like trying to adapt and trying to um, maybe... Um, work out the way of uh, living in the new environment. And um, when I was younger as well, I've been traveling quite a lot and I was so curious uh, meeting new people. And I was like, okay, probably I should uh, go study somewhere else. And um, why Estonia is because it's not really far from Belarus. I think it's like <laughs> one, of, one of the main reasons. But uh, apart from that, uh, I heard a lot about uh, Tartu University. It was mm-hmm. one of the best universities in uh, post-Soviet era and during Soviet times as well. It's like mm-hmm. one of the most uh, renowned universities uh, yeah, at the time. And um, I just heard that it's a cool um University city, and uh, there are a lot of uh, international students in here. And uh, by that time, I don't know, was the statistics is the same right now, but every fifth person was a student. So I found it quite cool. And uh, yeah, and uh, I applied. I was actually late with my deadline, (laughs) but uh, I was very lucky, and all the um, kind of uh, stars got together, and uh, I came here in August. 
2014. Oh, <laughs> and what did you study? I did study business administration and economics. Oh, okay. Was it a bachelor? Or yeah, that was uh, bachelor um, bachelor studies. Oh, that's really cool. So when you come here from Belarus to study in Tartu University and. This is a rookie asking questions because I don't know anything about Tartu University and how you study there. Was it like a semester abroad or was it like a full bachelor uh, program? Yeah, I came I came for the f- full program and uh, I was very happy with the program because, uh, first of all, it was fully in English. Professors were very uh-huh. well uh, uh, kind of prepared <laughs> to all of us. And uh, uh, I really liked the fact that there was a very high diversity of the subjects. So mm-hmm. when I was studying my... Uh, uh, my program was basically having a very big spectrum of subjects, starting with something f- quite soft like entrepreneurship, so ethics, and uh, finishing with really heavy things like um, business law, like corporate finance, uh, and so on and so forth. So basically, during the, this um, three years that we had, we had the opportunity to go through many different topics, many different subjects, and kind of like make up our mind what we like, what we don't like. Or, and uh, for me as well, it made me kind of be more focused on the things that I want to do in future. So that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Would that not have been the case in Belarus, in some university? Or, or what is the education system like there? Uh, I mean, the education system is pretty similar, but uh, once again, what I think the main difference as well with the University of Tartu, at least with my program, is that uh, there were um, around 30 of us uh, in in the year and uh, we had this very kind of like personal approach and uh, the lecturers they had time to, to spend on every single one of us and kind of like go through our questions maybe explain something in more detail if we didn't understand something while in Belarus still is kind of like this more traditional system where you have 300 people sitting oh, in the audience uh, and uh, they're just yeah. like listening to the lecturer is saying making notes and they're coming like passing their exams and that's it and um, in this sense um, I also like as well that in here like in Tartu uh, you had this um, set of subjects that you could take uh, um, throughout the three years but at the same time there is this elective subjects that you can take if you have time or you have will and uh, I was taking something completely like out of the topic I was taking the um, uh, something connected to the Belarusian culture, actually, mm-hmm. in Estonia. Oh, well. And uh, yeah, and the other one was something related to politics. Uh, but I know people who were taking the studies of fairy tales, or okay. the other person was taking the course about punk rock. So you can really kind of like do your specialization here, but at the same time, kind of like take on other subjects which mm-hmm. are completely um, re- like non-related to, mm-hmm. to your main uh, field of studies. And in Belarus, it's not really possible, at least to my knowledge. And uh, yeah, I mean, there is this kind of like um, differences, but obviously as I haven't gone to the Belarusian uh, university, like I can't really say what, yeah. what's the main exactly. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you came here with uh, knowing that you want to stay here or you decided that later? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> um, once once I left, I understood that probably I'm not coming back, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't really know where I will end up. And to be honest, I still don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I must say that 
whenever I'm going afterwards, I'm still coming back to Estonia. <laughs> so there is something about the country that's just like pulling me back to yeah. back to it. Yeah. But um, I think when I was studying, uh, so until like 2017, I was thinking that I'll move somewhere else because yeah. uh, even though I, I still consider uh, Estonia being s- such a great country and uh, with a lot of uh, brilliant people, super interesting opportunities, I think in terms of uh, the uh, size and the size of the country, the size of the population, for me, it's not very kind of uh, uh, convenient, at least at this uh, stage when when I'm like willing to uh, discover and see the rest of the world but mm-hmm. um, eventually uh, I think in terms of the culture in terms of education um, among the people Estonia is simply great and uh, I want mm-hmm. to be here yes. I want to hear that <laughs> how much did you even uh, know about Estonia before you mm-hmm. came here or uh, what did you know about Estonia yeah. before yeah. you came I actually visited a couple of times um, before I came to uh, to Estonia, and I also came for this uh, guided tour to visit the University of Tartu because oh, once nice. again it's super, not really far from Minsk mm-hmm. where I'm from, so I just hopped on the bus, went <laughs> 11 hours straight uh, to Tartu, and uh, then I had this guided tour and they showed me around and I was like, wow. It's this is such a nice city. You know? Did you want to see any other universities or cities? Uh, or no, I, w- I was considering as well Taltech, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, by the time of my application, their program was in Russian and uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of practice my English at the mm-hmm. time. So I was like, yeah, it will be a challenge to do my higher education in English, but well, mm-hmm. challenge <laughs> was accepted <laughs> and here I am. Yeah, but um, I, as I said, I visited Estonia quite quite a few times, uh, and um, I really like the vibe. And I visited Tallinn as well. Mm-hmm. As I remember that I was in the winter season, so there was a lot of snow. It was very cold. And one thing that kind of uh, stuck to my memory is this um, um, this market that they're selling the almonds, this fried almonds. Oh, <laughs> oh, this market is like gingerbread. Healthy. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so all the hunter like uh, with the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, magical yeah. almonds that everybody's. Mm-hmm. I have a friend in Ireland that is like completely bonkers <laughs> for this thing. Yeah, she she will do art, so I would send her those almonds. Like, yeah, whatever yeah, she so can cool. do, she will do it. Just yeah. to you see, it works. It was a very good selling point. So yeah. <laughs> I came back. Too bad they don't really do it in Tartu, but mm. they but do you some can still other things. By, yeah. uh, by the way, yeah, they yeah. now have it in the shop as well. I think in Kobamaya. So yeah, in Kobamaya for sure. Yeah. Where I get one. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you want a taste of Tallinn, like, <laughs> sorry, of Tallinn. taste, taste uh, of all the Hansa um, magical of Christmas. Almonds. Yeah. Christmas yeah. yeah, feel a little bit of a feel. Yeah. For the ones who don't know, then all the Hansa is a restaurant in the old town in Tallinn, and they have like everything is middle middle uh, medieval middle <laughs> mid medieval. <laughs> How do you say? Medieval. Medieval, ages. medieval times. <laughs> yeah. So if you go inside, they even have like the candlelight and everything. Yeah. They were they're wearing the costumes. And I actually have a friend who wanted to work there, but he couldn't because he's wearing glasses. And in middle mid middle medieval times, medieval times <laughs> nobody wore glasses. So yeah, so they like, even speak funny and they uh, have this whole uh, experience. So yeah. when you go there, you really experience how it was to go to a feast during the medieval times. <gasps> yeah. It's dark and dingy. Definitely, if you haven't been, you should go. I, I, it's I a good actually. <laughs> and I have a very fun story as well from oh. that place because <laughs> we visited with uh, some friends who were coming from France. And um, 
I think like uh, we were surprised to see this lady who was quite uh, harsh in her answers. <laughs> she was just like kind of throwing, uh, uh, you know, like throwing out the change yeah. and saying like, yeah, go pick it up uh, over there. <laughs> like, and the, the funniest part that when we were already eating something, uh, there was this uh, woman who came inside the restaurant and uh, she asked for the menu. And uh, this lady who was actually serving at the counter, she looked at her like in such aggressive way. And she said like, what kind of menu are you talking about? Uh, you will eat whatever I serve you. <laughs> you know? So I really enjoyed that they had this uh, very um, kind of like traditional way of doing things. Or characters. Like the, exactly. it's, it's like very yeah. tutor or at least you have like a persona. So they yeah. keep it up. It's like exactly. going to live theater, but also getting fed in the process yeah yeah and the yeah. food is delicious actually yeah. it's not that expensive as well <laughs> no not compared to the rest of the, some of the restaurants over there but yeah uh, yeah it's definitely worth the the experience i would say that's so true yeah. <laughs> so about food <laughs> all the hands aside like what do you think about estonian food it's a life hate relationships <laughs> really? but we love love yeah. hate relationships <laughs> is it similar to belarus food yeah i mean um i think a lot of foods in this like post-soviet uh, countries oh. kind of similar <laughs> and uh, i wouldn't call it a um, Estonian food or Belarusian food is just like Soviet mm. food. Whether you were in uh, in Estonia or somewhere in the East <laughs> Russia or in Belarus, Ukraine, you can find some dishes where which are completely the same. Uh, but uh, there are obviously some national di- mm. dishes which are um, kind of um, being born in, in Estonia. And uh, for instance, I saw that in other episodes you had a, a girl who was a big fan of herring. <laughs> Yes, so, so yeah. for me it's complete opposite <laughs> <laughs> can't really stand it but yeah. the black bread though, it's uh, really it's kind of like stealing my heart so good <laughs> at least the black bread wins the, the race this time yeah. what about very worst and uh... no. okay that face no. is like a hell no okay, very worst isn't a thing um, what about coca Mm, this is good, but this we have as well in Belarus. Um, oh. Are there any differences between Belarusian kohuke and Estonian kohuke? How do you call it in Belarusian? Glazirovny sirok. Glazirovny sirok. Yeah, sirok. That means like um, it's like what then? Cheese. Yeah, it's basically like kind of like a cheese bar in chocolate, like. Yeah. If you can call okay. this, yeah, it's really glazed in chocolate. Yeah, yeah cheese bar. Exactly. So that's what it is. Like, I was just wondering because of the choice of the word. Like, okay, kohuke mm-hmm. essentially it doesn't really mean yeah. much. Yeah. But it like refers to maybe kohupim, which is like kind of this weird mm. cheese. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it. To me, it's not cheese. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's like cottage cheese, but a bit finer. So I yeah. don't even actually know how to translate. It's like a mix of everything. So yeah. that's what I was wondering. Like, what do you like uh, to describe it with like what's mm-hmm. the word or what's the thing that you associate yeah with? yeah one thing that i really like as well uh is uh, vinery perukas <laughs> some people like yeah. some yeah. people like vinery perukas how, how could we translate it like sausage uh, pie <laughs> yeah it's like a made out of sourdough like it's like sausage um, in a dough basically yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially yeah but, but there are two different ones there's one with sourdough and then the other one which is like the leafy one you know yeah well so which one is better 
Are you like, oh, you don't <laughs> care as long as there's the sausage inside? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it because of the wiener? Because of the sausage? I don't know. It's just like something that I only eat in Estonia actually. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> when I'm coming here, and it's a very, it's not the most healthy snack, but no. uh, it's, <laughs> it's delicious. But it's a taste of Estonia for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is the taste of Estonia. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other people yeah. have kilo whale and you have either. Yeah. I love okay. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 What did you eat when you were growing up in Minsk? Mm, it, it depends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in terms of uh, some kind of like favorite dishes, mm-hmm. mm, that's, a, that's a tough question. Pretty much everything. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think my favorites were the pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some potatoes, like stereotypes uh, <laughs> yeah and um, we didn't eat much meat just just I don't know somehow in my family it's not very kind of uh, usual thing to eat mm-hmm. but uh, apart from that I think everything that you can find in Estonia as well like was eaten in Belarus mm-hmm. <laughs> really enjoyed like I'm very um, kind of homesick when I don't have this uh, pickled um, um, cucumbers so yeah. pickles mm-hmm. but uh, yes. the smaller salt which is oh, like with not too much <laughs> of a salt yeah. and uh, the, the kind of fresh ones yeah pre- yeah, yeah. Ones. <laughs> I love so, those too those are mm-hmm. like uh, this I'm very so grateful good. that yeah. Estonia has it already yeah <laughs> I think it's one of my favorites as well my, like, mine too they like, 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 you go somewhere else they're always sweet. like too vinegary and too like ooh. old yeah, <laughs> yeah too yeah. old <laughs> in that sense like yeah too old yeah. not like done fresh now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good point like you yeah. can uh, not really get pickles everywhere not everybody likes pickles as well like we have a lot of like this sour things like you know even like or not sour fermented like mm-hmm. uh, cabbage and stuff as well yeah. i guess yeah. presume that's also a Belarusian yeah. thing too. yeah <laughs> or maybe i don't know i have a theory that it came from germany but now it seems that it's also so yeah it's spreading <laughs> it's just, uh, or is it just that uh, it was the only way how they could keep the cabbage fresh for a longer period of time that's a good theory actually Actually, mm-hmm. it can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any childhood traumas from uh, Soviet Union kindergartens in terms of food? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason why I'm not eating too much meat actually is <laughs> 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 like post-Soviet kindergartens. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, yeah, I had this. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There, uh, there were these like very weird looking dishes, and uh, I was uh, as a kid, I was a very picky when it came to food. And uh, when I saw it, there was like some kind of like piece of meat, and I didn't know where it was coming from. It's, <laughs> I was it's like, always chicken. <laughs> I'm not sure. So that's the point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and um, there was this one um, stupid competition where we needed to finish like all our plates. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, like it was this competition between different classes. And that's I remember. The usual way of just making you eat everything exactly but I, I remember I was crying I was like I don't want to eat it and uh, my uh, teacher she was like no you have to finish the plate and I think this is where it came from was it something specific that you had to eat or oh, there was this uh, very weird kind of like porridge without any salt any sugar whatsoever <laughs> and uh, there was this like piece of steak on the side but like, when somebody thinks of the word steak yeah. <laughs> it's like a juice you know this steak with uh, seasoning and so on and so forth in there it was just like breaded piece of meat so yeah and uh, after that like I didn't really eat at school because I was like no enough is enough for me yeah I think uh, I don't know how, how Tina has uh, his, her experiences with kindergarten but I absolutely hate uh, 
this uh, milk uh, soup with vegetables. Ah, okay. They always yeah. burn that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, um, what is it? There's also different types of porridges. I'm not a huge fan because yeah. usually those are also burnt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like a couple of things that I think most Estonian kids don't eat just because they didn't like it in kindergarten yeah, or somebody yeah. they they have like traumas oh, really. that's true <laughs> actually milk soup was one of my favorite soups i, I like all the rest of milk soups but i don't like the vegetable one like, vegetable. Vegetable. is there a vegetable one yeah okay. 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 well there was okay <laughs> i've pasta. never been to kindergarten actually so i don't oh, know what they made there lucky but you lucky you because usually it was just burnt they did a lot of milk soups they like with rice and macaroni and you can put all yeah. sorts of weird things in <laughs> milk soup eventually you will learn yeah but uh but yeah the vegetable one like no 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 <laughs> I remember there was this fun story as well because they were giving you the dish usually some drink and a dessert mm -hmm. and sometimes they were giving this like uh, tangerines or mandarins mm -hmm. or whatever you call it and um, sometimes kids they didn't eat them so mm -hmm. they were bringing them back and the next day we were having tangerine <laughs> juice <laughs> and we were like okay that's a good way of recycling but still you're kind of like being suspicious like yeah. they pick it up what know? else are they recycling Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When growing up, did you have any other hobbies or something that you really liked to do? Yeah, I was actually a very active kid. I did a lot of things. I was going to school. Then after school, I was going to music school. After music school, I was going to dancing classes. Mm -hmm. And um, in between all of this, I was trying all the different hobbies you can imagine. So I was uh, trying singing. Uh, there was some kind of uh, pottery class uh, drawing, so mm -hmm. I was really trying to do everything I can. Um, but uh, yeah, apart from that, somehow had time to hang out with my friends as well. I, I think I was sacrificing sleep for that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I had a very fruitful childhood, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorites? What were you studying in music school? Um, this, I was studying piano. But apart from that, we had this yeah. <laughs> we had this uh, uh, choir as well and uh, musical theory. Yeah, and, uh, and solfeggio. Yes. Oh God, I hate solfeggio. Nope. Solfeggio is uh, basically you learn how to um, uh, write music, like uh, notes okay. and listening to different tunes. You have yeah. to put them, translate them into notes. So essentially, like musical literature in terms of like writing yeah. music. Okay. So if you make a song, that you would be able to put it into notes. And solfeggio is musical theory. Uh, sorry. Solfeggio is that, mm -hmm. and and then musical theory is like everything to do with musical history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was better with that, but not very good in that either. Like solfeggio, I was failing miserably. All the yeah, time. same. I was nearly kicked out. Yeah, oh, because of this. I, I actually did two classes in a row, like repeat the year, and then another one, I think, in like fourth grade or something. So. Essentially, some people would say I'm not very musically talented. Yeah. I wonder how I learned to play the piano and sing later on. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah. How long did you uh, um, study piano then? Eventually? So um, I finished the full course, so it was eight years, I guess. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. I, I nice. never finished. <laughs> I did it 11 years and I never finished. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have this kind of like a diploma that I finished everything. And I did as well this four years of choir. 
and one year of uh, this private lessons uh, in singing, but I still can't sing at all. <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, how did it happen that I spent so much time in a musical school and I can't sing? But yeah, it was fun. Mm. Like, uh, uh, I still enjoy playing from time to time, but mm. obviously as uh, piano is not the most um, kind portable. of uh, portable thing <laughs> that you can have. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a big fan yeah. of this. Uh, um, you can have like, apps and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, but, but it's, it's not really the same feeling. Not, yeah, exactly. It's not the same feeling. Yeah. It's like the feeling of a piano, it is a feeling it's very specific. They're pretty good, though, these days with also the the electrical pianos. Yeah. So the level has gone up, so it does imitate That's very true. well already the pianos as well. But not mm. the, 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 you know, the one that is like very... With light keys, that just it's very hard yeah. to learn to play if you uh, if you're used to playing on the the tough keys. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I can imagine that. I've never played piano, and I've never done much with music. Only recently, I started taking like singing lessons because I had yes. like a big trauma from like actual <laughs> music <laughs> lessons in school. Yeah. But yeah seems like piano is a hard thing to move with and to take with you and to learn. I think that's the, the only yeah. bad part like other than that yeah. I would really love to have like a piano I take advantage every chance I get when I see a piano and I try <laughs> to remember at least like because it feels like such a shame if after 11 years you kind of lose you know the yeah. skill of playing piano which is like coordinated like thing like that's it's, so it's, true. it's tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it uh, develops a lot of skills in you because you have to kind of uh, coordinate your hands, your yeah. feet. Uh, at the same time, you have mm. to think about the whole music. At the same time, you have to be in the flow. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're overthinking, you're kind yes. of losing the track where yeah. you are. And uh, it's such an interesting state. You're practically meditating while, while you're oh, playing. Yeah, you're meditating and thinking at the same time. It's yeah. like a very weird thing That's that so is true. there. Yeah. How do you like playing the scales? <laughs> it's like the, the most horrible part about learning the piano is the scales what are scales? scales are like uh, when you do like A minor or D minor you have to play yeah. like certain practices um. uh, to um, technically evolve your uh, the movement of your fingers okay. so that you're specific and that you're also like uh, fast yeah. I was technically I was crap <laughs> but I had emotion mm, so there's yeah. that but I didn't have uh, any nerves so every concert that I played like I also failed pretty badly so it, was, <laughs> it was like overall it was a very traumatic experience but I love playing the piano I yeah. don't know how I survived it but that's the best part of it yeah this is the most important <laughs> for me once again because I moved out and uh, I couldn't bring piano mm-hmm. with me I actually picked up guitar and uh, I'm still not good <laughs> I can play yeah. like maybe I I don't know eight chords uh, and yeah. it kind of like sounds like something but yeah. uh, in you know there is a saying that um if you are not that good at playing a guitar you're sing at mm-hmm. the same time but uh, when you start getting better you stop singing because you start really enjoying playing the guitar so i'm at That's the first stage right now <laughs> because <laughs> i'm uh, just mm-hmm. like checking out my favorite songs and trying to play something and sing and pretending that I'm a rock star but uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then uh, neighbors come and they're like can you stop <laughs> you know? yeah last time because I think guitar lessons as well going from piano to guitar for me I found it very very complicated like understanding where the notes are it the doesn't chords. make sense exactly it makes no sense <laughs> and then uh, learning to change the chords very quickly I thought I was good at this coordination thing but no like yeah. time it takes to change the chord and play at the same Mm-hmm. it's like learning uh, this double coordination all over again yeah 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 so, yeah i'm i'm with you on that uh, weird <laughs> rock star stage when it's like i already gave up 
hear one in my guitar. <laughs> I started learning guitar once, and that lasted for like a week. <laughs> I bought this huge book of like guitar playing for dummies, yeah. and I was super mo- motivated. I got the guitar from that belong used to belong to my grandfather, and then I started bought this book and started playing it first few days I was like super excited and then by the end of the week it somehow I never picked it up again (laughs) yeah that's how that went this is my story with Estonian language (laughs) (laughs) because uh, I also had this uh, Estonian for dummies and um, it's not really really the title of the book but uh, (laughs) it's like Estonian level zero to a one and when I moved uh, in Tartu, I was like, yeah, I'm so motivated to uh, study Estonian right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I opened the book and I learned all the necessary words like tere, palun, you know, mm-hmm. like basically the words of being polite. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point I'm just, I, I think I was on the page 20 and uh, there were these uh, um, explanations about the conjugations of the world. <laughs> and I was like, nope. <laughs> This is the moment where I'm putting the book aside because uh, I knew that Estonian is a very hard language, but uh, I didn't expect that, uh, you know, it hits that hard at the very beginning. (laughs) But right now I kind of regret it because I ended up staying longer than probably I expected. So I wish I spoke right now Estonian, but uh, who knows, maybe I will learn. But you do know some Estonian, no? Very, very basic. Yeah, just as I said, the phrases to be polite and um, mm-hmm. the phrases to kind of transition into English or Russian. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Do you have any favorite words or favorite phrases? Um, not in particular, but uh, I in general like how it sounds. There is a stereotype in Russian language, I mean, among Russian speaking people, mm-hmm. that Estonians are very slow. Um, so yeah, I, I don't get that. Why? <laughs> I actually know a scientific answer to scientific. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was asking myself the same question uh, as I when I moved into Estonia, I was shocked that everybody speaks so fast. And yeah. I was like, wait a second, something doesn't match. <laughs> and um, basically, they explained that. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but in Estonian, uh, the accent falls always on the first syllabus. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Exactly. So when you speak any other language, mm-hmm. you're putting the accent on the first syllabus and on the correct syllabus. And uh, for instance, when um, you say something like milk in Russian, like malako, mm-hmm. Estonian person most probably will say molako. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why, you know, there is this kind of... Um, kind of like a stretching of the mm-hmm. words and of the sentences. Mm-hmm. But when you speak in Estonian, you're super fast. And yeah. uh, I, w- I was so surprised to hear that when I arrived. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was your expectation then to get us speaking very slow like the Finns do? No. <laughs> no. Shade here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. It's actually you're all very good at English. So uh, this, is, uh, oh. this is a good mm-hmm. point. Because once again, I assume as a population is not that big mm-hmm. and uh, you're not uh, using a lot of translated material. So mm-hmm. if you're us- usually, for instance, watching the movies mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. Uh, English with Estonian yeah. subtitles. Yeah. So I know so many people who even didn't go to um, like university, so didn't learn the language um, at some kind of like courses, but they speak 
just mm-hmm. perfect English. Yeah. But uh, yeah, our TV and everything, you always hear the original language Yeah. and it's never adopted. How is it in uh, Belarus? Is it like, do you only see like Russian movies, Russian things? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or do you see time. like American stuff and English stuff as well? No, or, every, everything is uh, translated as well. Even mm-hmm. when you go to the That's cinema, good. everything is in Russian. So yeah. Is it weird for you? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think for me, like, first time I mm-hmm. went to see it, well, of course, I was growing up as well. We had, like, Russian dubbed um, movies, yeah. but it's just going to the movie theater and it's a dubbed version. For me, oh, it's, like, no. such mm-hmm. a disappointment because I, I got that in the, in watching, mm-hmm. like, German, like, sat television, like, yeah. you know, like, ProSieben and Attila Zwei. Mm-hmm. And then you have already some movies or films that you maybe have seen, but yeah. they're dubbed. To me, everybody sounded like fucking the same. It's like four people speaking throughout the whole movie. Like, no, like it, it just gets so boring and weird. Yeah. No, actually, the quality is so good. Like, um, they're getting better. I, I remember when I was younger, probably, I was uh, watching the movies and I was like, mm-hmm. how come this. American actors, they, you know, like they're moving the lips in a way that yeah. it looks like uh, the yeah. same Russian words, but obviously with some time <laughs> the answer came by itself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the quality was super good when they were doing this. I always remember this. Paramount Pictures, Priesiens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that was the other era, you know. <laughs> that was a uh, whole thing, a mood on its own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember when I wanted to improve my Russian like I learned I learned it at school but I wanted to improve it and mm-hmm. then I was looking for some TV shows to watch that would be in Russian but I didn't found anything original or anything that I would feel appealing to or like that I liked and then I started watching Grey's Anatomy in Russian which uh, is one of my favorite shows in like original language mm-hmm. yeah and then they adopted everything and now I have like my vocabulary is like Bremia Smerti Obacholfasachatera Ukhaidi like all the like hospital vocabulary is really necessary yeah it's so funny yeah the meaning is like the Tumor in phase four, like the yeah. time of death, and like go away and yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing actually right now in Spanish. If I want to learn like some, it's, it's actually a pretty good uh, way of learning. Mm-hmm. Like I think. Like, that's how I learned German. I was watching too much cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Parents, <laughs> I don't know if to say uh, congratulations or <laughs> how dare you. But now I speak, like, very good, like, German because I was watching so many cartoons in German. Yeah. And I like to repeat the same kind of a miracle with, like, other languages. So I'm hoping, mm-hmm. like, my fingers are crossed that Spanish will do the same for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about the motivation when it comes to learning a new language. I guess mm-hmm. the, the older you are, it definitely comes down to that yeah. you, are, you don't really care like everything that you are you're like a sponge you know everything gets stuck to you that's true mm-hmm. yeah but uh, oh, for instance uh, um, I was speaking with my parents who were brought up in Soviet Union and uh they uh, didn't, I mean, they had the courses of uh, English, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, they didn't really learn the language because yeah. my dad was saying, like, I knew that I won't travel anywhere. Like, yeah. why, why should I even mm-hmm. learn it? Uh, but right now we're having this generation that's kind of like forced to learn the language, especially English. It's kind of like uh, the default language that you have to study. Otherwise, yeah. like, you won't really be able to... Um, kind of like communicate with the majority of people <laughs> mm-hmm. so this is very interesting how how it evolves right now mm-hmm. do most people speak english there or understand it or it's not really spoken right now yeah. um, in in belarus i think uh, it's slowly getting there mm-hmm. um younger 
populations probably like more uh, uh, handy with English, but uh, the elderly they don't speak a word usually. Mm-hmm. So, but I think also one part of it is like one funny thing that I noticed. I had a friend who had a he's Russian and his son is Russian, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was trying to communicate with his son, which was normally would be an easy thing to do in a different language if you go there, that I was expecting uh, the son to speak English, but. And I realized that there's no need for him to learn or speak English because all his apps on his phone yeah. are in Russian. Whereas in <laughs> Estonia, most kids, they grow up with apps that are either in Estonia or yeah. English. Exactly. Or most games, at least, are in mm-hmm. English, not even, even mm-hmm. in Estonian. And I was like, oh, okay, that blows my mind. Like, I didn't even, like, yeah. realize that to be <laughs> the case because we're so used to, like, living in this, like, uh, culture where, like, most computer-related stuff or or anything hasn't yeah. been translated so we're kind of even forced to learn still uh, english yeah. very early on but i mean at the same time uh when we speak about russian i think like it was a lingua franca uh, in soviet union so when i go i don't know somewhere let's say to georgia or armenia yeah. or i don't know in ukraine <clears throat> i can easily communicate in russian and uh, everybody mm-hmm. will understand me and even um, i think even still the population that's um, kind of like in their 20s right now yeah. because mm-hmm. their parents they were speaking russian uh, but uh, that's why it's kind of like it's a very interesting question when it comes to estonia because mm-hmm. estonia they're very picky with the russian language yeah, because language? of the history mm-hmm. um, i guess <laughs> that's I mean, why it, my yes and no yeah mm-hmm. because i think it's uh, partially it is that we would love to know some Russian yeah. but the fact is that when you are studying it in school you don't actually have that many practical outlets for exactly. it and yeah. that's the minus part of it yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas that's English you start mm-hmm. learning in second grade and you already have like places you know where yeah. to look and understand and, and once again it's all coming <laughs> yeah. coming down to motivation because like it, for you it's not very necessary to know Russian like yeah. it's much more necessary to know, uh, to know English mm-hmm. and uh, that's why basically like if you go somewhere like to Belarus mm-hmm. well Belarus is a bit different example because it's one of the national languages but when you go to any other country because there will be a much higher chance to receive Russian speaking people they will most probably speak mm-hmm. Russian between themselves. So which language do you use here mainly like if you go to a store or bar or wherever do you use <laughs> English or Russian? <laughs> <laughs> when I um, yeah well, to the bar, obviously I speak English, <laughs> but mm-hmm. when I'm coming, for instance, to some kind of market and there is mm-hmm. this like elderly woman oh, and uh, <laughs> I'm usually starting with saying Tere, mm-hmm. <laughs> smiling, this is mm-hmm. the most important. And uh, then I'm saying in English, whether she speaks uh, English or Russian. And then mm-hmm. if she hears, for instance, Russian and she wants to speak Russian, she starts speaking in Russian with me. If she knows a bit of English and she doesn't want to speak Russian, <laughs> she speaks uh, in English with me. But but uh, if there is a um, kind of like a possibility that it's neither of them, mm-hmm. uh, I probably ask somebody who is standing next to me who for sure speaks yeah. English <laughs> or Russian <laughs> you know, like, to translate what I want. But uh, this happened very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only time when I learned Russian was when I was working for, um, um, well, at the time it was called Elion. <laughs> now it's a mix of everything, but it was the national Estonian telephone company. Yeah, yeah. And um, I started working uh, on the telephone there as the information chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we call ourselves information chick. The whole place was called the, like the you know the chicken coop because <laughs> there were mostly ladies and we were mostly chattering all the time 
But uh, yeah, besides the point, like I think that was the only time in my life when I was forced to speak uh, Russian and learn very fast. And I yeah. think then I got like a grade maybe four minus in it. Yeah. And I started learning uh, Russian to, you know, in, in a very specific like framework, which was like, oh yeah, anything to do with like uh, getting yourself a telephone or internet connection yeah. or something like that. But it, it really helped because there was an actual outlet, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but other than that, like, yeah, you could get by with Estonian English in Estonia. Very yeah. Simple. But, you know, even nowadays, there are people that are hiring people only with Estonian and Russian. Mm-hmm. English is a plus, but it's like, uh, you have to know some Russian as well in Estonia. Yeah. I think more to the north you go, more more yeah. Russian is needed, obviously. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We're also in Tartu, like, but I don't see so many uh, Russian speakers in Tartu. Maybe I'm just yeah. living in the wrong place here. I know there are, but I haven't met so many of them. <laughs> like yeah. in Tallinn, it's uh, more common than when you go to Lasame, you will get like a lot of, uh, or even in uh, Perkulin, I used to live there as well. Yeah, so. in Tallinn, there are a lot of Russian speakers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes I'm walking, I'm like, oh, okay, I feel like home. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> this yeah, is so weird. To ask, yeah, whether uh, hearing other people speak Russian makes you feel like you're at home. Is that um, how you differentiate? I'm I'm in uh, in in a good place in my heart, or like I'm like out of place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this very weird. Well, in Tartu, um, it's kind of like Estonian home is completely different thing. But when I'm coming mm-hmm. to uh, Tallinn, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like it's you can hear Russian around, and you're like you're basically having maybe some kind of impulse in your identity, you know, yeah. because you're like, oh, finally people who speak the same language as I do, you know, but at the same time, I still kind of mentally understand that those are not the same people where I grew up. So, yeah, I think after living how many, six years abroad, like I'm really having this like identity issues, you yeah. know, yeah. also <laughs> in between worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's still like, it's kind of like, sometimes you're missing speaking your mm-hmm. own language. I think when you're far away for a long time. So what languages are spoken in Belarus? So you said Russian is one of the national yeah. languages. What's the other one? Uh, Belarusian. Uh, Belarusian, there yes. is an actual version. Exactly. Is it similar to Russian or is it it's very like, different? It's like um, something in between Russian, Polish and Ukrainian. <laughs> <I'll put laughs> this okay. way. Okay. Yeah, so it was very influenced by Polish culture in terms of uh, kind of like writing and general, maybe some words mm-hmm. is similar to Ukrainian, mm-hmm. but at the same time, some words, uh, they were taken from this like Soviet time, roughly saying. So um, I would say that all the Belarusians, they could easily understand uh, Ukrainian, mm-hmm. like no problem at all. And uh, well, Russian as well. And uh, I can read uh, Polish as well and understand oh. something thanks to Belarusian. But uh, once again, we're having this kind of like problems because Belarusian languages in general considered to be this language of uh, opposition or you know like this uh, language I mean there is this very stupid stereotype that if you're speaking Belarusian language you are coming from somewhere like uh, from the um, uh, from yeah from yeah. villages you know but uh, right now there is this like new wave uh, where youngsters it tries to speak uh, Belarusian to revive the language because mm-hmm. otherwise we'll just lose it mm-hmm. but uh, speaking to myself um, mm-hmm. I understand everything when I read mm-hmm. or when I listen something, but um, I can't speak because I practically don't have any practice. But <laughs> so. which language did you spoke at home with your parents? I spoke Russian. Russian okay. Yeah. And what in which language do you learn at school? So um, I was studying in Russian, but we had the subjects that were taught in Belarusian. Okay. Yeah. So that's where most people learn Belarusian. Yeah. 
this in basically school. is only okay. like practice that you get yeah That's so interesting i mean like mm-hmm. even uh, thinking about like this whole like new wave of thing and and happening in belarus and also um in Estonia, like that's actually the same kind of thing that happened here after yeah. the Soviet Union, like or during the Soviet Union time, that people were forced to speak Russian. But the thing was that we were like, no, we're not going to speak <laughs> Russian. We're going to start speaking Estonian. Everybody was still continuing to hold on to their like cultural heritage. Yeah, and it's weird how actually the mm-hmm. fact that you realize that it's disappearing mm-hmm. makes you grasp onto it exactly. a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, but as well, at the same time, like I'm thinking about Irish and Gaelic language mm-hmm. as well, which is the same kind of thing. They get taught in school a little bit, uh, but they don't really use it there. And then there are certain parts of uh, Ireland where you they only speak Gaelic, and it's super weird. Like yeah. you see as well, it's the same thing with them as well. Like they have this weird part of culture that mm-hmm. is there, but that they don't want to like lose. But at the same time, they're not like prioritizing it super yeah. hard yeah. as well. So. Yeah, in Switzerland they have the Romani language. Rom- mm-hmm. Romani language, Romanish. <laughs> I should know that too. <laughs> Romani. Romanic, Romanic language. language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have few like areas where they only speak that, but then it's one of the national languages. But yeah. most of Switzerland, like most of Swiss people, don't speak it, mm-hmm. and then it's like only in these certain areas. But what do you think is is the Belarusian language uh, important for Belarus people? Is it like something that defines them culturally as well? Well, we had a quite uh, tough history, especially when it comes to the language, because, uh, um, well, <laughs> in general, <laughs> the history was quite, <laughs> pretty tough. Um, but uh, yeah, we were always kind of uh, either under the influence of uh, Poland or we were under the influence of uh, Russia. So when we were under the influence of Poland, they were saying like, no, there will be no Belarusian language. You will speak Polish right now. Mm-hmm. Then once we kind of like got rid out of it, uh, we spoke a little bit of Belarusian between themselves. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden the uh, Russian empire comes and they're saying like, no, there will be no Belarusian right now. There will be Russian right now and um, we were always kind of like um, trying to preserve this and um, we had this uh, several uh, uh, years at the beginning of the 20th century when uh, it was a national language and we were having this national state Mm -hmm. basically approximately the same time when Estonia gained the independence Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, then once again because of the Soviet Union uh, there was Russification one one more time and uh, Belarusian language as a language was persecuted. <laughs> so we, um, uh, once again, were kind of like keeping it uh, um, under the radar, but yeah, still alive. exactly. And uh, here, where um, here is uh, the moment where a stereotype came that uh, is kind of the language spoken in the villages because everybody who were coming to the cities they were kind of forced to sp- learn Adapt. Russian and speak in Russian because, uh, first of all, it was a question of this um, kind of like prestige. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, you were getting the jobs, and uh, there was this um, like new Soviet words that were appearing, like Khrushchevkas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like and these kind of mm-hmm. things. And uh, this is uh, why, as well, there was this like big lag. But um, I think what's going on right now in Belarus is once again, like as you mentioned, this kind of similar uh, what you had in the nineties when Estonia yeah. kind of regained the independence, um, but with a bit of a lag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because we once again having this um, problem of the national identity and yeah. uh, um, because we were kind of like punched from all the different yeah. sides uh, throughout maybe the last 200 years right now we are really trying to kind of like um, um, maybe 
build it up and uh, show to the rest of the world that yeah, uh, what Belarus is exactly action. because <laughs> yeah. I had so many situation uh, situations when I was speaking with someone and uh, I was saying that I'm from Belarus and mm-hmm. people they didn't know where where it is and um, usually I'm quite uh, kind of like um, I'm quite tolerant when it comes to these situations because so I obviously don't know all the countries or like where they are located mm-hmm. but uh, still I was like okay if you google something uh, about the country and uh, you can find only things which are you know s- saying that like Belarus is the last like dictatorship of Europe or you know like uh, mm. um, it's kind of like you know it's not very interesting to be in there and yeah. so on and so forth. And uh, I saw the opposite side and I was saying like, why there is no information available in English or like mm-hmm. why people, they are not even curious to know like what it is out there. Mm-hmm. So um, right now with uh, all the events that are happening, mm-hmm. I think uh, um, uh, there will be a much um, stronger character within the population in general. It seems like... Uh and you can always correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like right now Belarus is fighting to be who they are, like fighting for the right to be like this culture and, and country that is recognized as uh, also as a republic. Yeah. Like Estonia was fighting the same way. Like mm-hmm. we want to be Estonia, not part of the Soviet Union thing, not somebody that took us over and um, not to have like... Uh, be yeah like thrown around oh now you have to be polish oh now you have to be yeah. Russian. now you have to be something else no wonder like imagine you were a human being and you were told every day something different like exactly. like how would you even know what you are if every day you hear a new story about who you're supposed to be yeah that's so, so true so in that sense yeah it's like kind of understanding it's very admirable also um to think that there are still people in there that you know are trying to hold on to the national identity whatever it is for them and and making sure that it still gets heard because once it's Mm -hmm. gone it's gone and i think it's the same with like estonian that's true yeah Mm -hmm. and um i think uh, i also kind of learned this uh, um, lesson personally once i left the country because uh, when i was actually living in belarus i was kind of like I'm Belarusian, okay, like there's not, not, nothing special about it, especially once again, as I kind of like drew you the um, the context, yeah. you know, and uh, once I left, I was like, no, this this is basically identity is the only thing that kind of stays with me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. wherever I, I go, and uh, this is the only thing that kind of like define, defines me, and uh, all the experience that I'm gaining abroad is kind of just like adding on top of the things, and uh, with uh, every year, I was like, okay, you know, like I know that I'm a Belarusian and mm-hmm. I was trying to learn more about the history. Like once again, I had this like urge of maybe mm-hmm. learning again Belarusian, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, right now I think like uh, with uh, all the events that are going on, like also like uh, I'm trying to um, uh, be more kind of like proactive and trying to understand uh, a better core of, of what like being a Belarusian truly means, you mm-hmm. know, like probably what uh, what you mm-hmm. had as well. So all the, let's say, art, uh, you know, like music that's yeah. been created mm-hmm. uh, and in general, like uh, different people who were always like undercover for the last maybe like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's super interesting. It's like, mm-hmm. 
I'm uh, learn- learning how to be myself again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but essentially you grew up in a country that didn't know who they are. So now you have to rediscover yeah. what being Belarusian means yeah, to you. That's so true. So if you had to define what is Belar- being Belarusian to you, what would you say? Mm. What defines you as a Belarusian, I guess, mm-hmm. then? Yeah, um, I think like if I needed to speak about myself and about Belarusian people, mm-hmm. we're very tolerant. We don't really like conflicts in general, and uh, we don't like aggression. And this is also like the, res- the result of all our history, because mm-hmm. uh, we needed to live with our na- other nations as well. Mm-hmm. We needed to kind of like survive through everything that was going on. And uh, I think in general, we are very... Um, uh by giving so much to other people as well so generous and uh yeah and with um i think with all the uh kind of peaceful protests that we ha- uh, we are seeing these days uh, mm-hmm. um i see that people are very educated as well they are very kind and uh, very helpful um for instance uh, uh, i was also shocked to, to see that they they're taking care of the um, Um, public places, for instance, uh, they uh, remove the shoes when they need to stand on the bench to see yeah. something better. You know, <laughs> that's like, really nice. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so shocked. Um, also, they were like giving away the food to people who were standing and uh, protesting. Mm-hmm. They uh, were also helping like elderly people if they were tired. They were bringing mm-hmm. up the chairs out of their houses and kind of like uh, you know <laughs> giving giving this all this comfort. So uh, yeah, not standing on the lawn, mm-hmm. you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, also very orderly. <laughs> yeah, so you see, in the so people in the have sense, a lot of empathy and yeah, and uh, they just uh, they just want to have some kind of peace. <laughs> so this is super interesting. Yeah, but it's also understandable like, when you think about it in long term. Like everybody wants to live peaceful. Everybody wants to have war in their country. Yeah, or, but or they any also kind of, like distress or like dysfunction. Yeah, but they're also like comparing to maybe other countries. Um, like throughout this like months of protests, there was uh, not a single like looting accident. Like mm-hmm. not a single situation yeah, where somebody broke the alarm from this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> That's really like, nice. The cars, you know, like yeah. no, nothing like this. And uh, this, I think, what makes Belarusian people u- unique because uh, probably uh, we lost so much as well during Second World War. Uh, every first person died and uh, we were basically left with nothing. The cities were burned. Mm-hmm. So many people uh, kind of lost their uh, homes. And I think right now we have this kind of ingrown uh, uh, values <laughs> also mm-hmm. like related to everything that we've got nowadays. So I think that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> This yeah. is what makes me proud about being Belarusian. That's really cool. And I got goosebumps from Yeah, it's really sweet. So what would you say are like differences between Belarusian people and Estonians or like or in the culture? Do you see anything that's like totally different over here? Mm. <laughs> I'm trying not to be uh, like I- I'm trying not to speak stereotypes. As well. <laughs> That's fine. We want to hear yeah, about stereotypes because it's all, uh, I think it's important for Estonians as well to understand what is mm. the stereotype so that they can notice in themselves whether yeah. they are that or not. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, I think the first thing that comes into my mind that, you know, Estonians are quite preserved and uh, they um, um, they might look cold from the outside, mm-hmm. but actually all my friends, uh, Estonian friends that I've got, uh, they're the nicest people you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what makes Estonians uh, very different to other nations as well is that they might seem cold 
like uh, the first time but uh, then if you become friends you are like remaining friends forever because they're really like valuing this uh, relationships that they're building up with you so in this case you know i think this is kind of like the main things that i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah we don't waste words and <laughs> friendships <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a very, very well put. really efficient and straight to the point and like yeah, yeah. yeah. like that <laughs> That's so true. You sure would like. I'm a Sony and I'm efficient. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what in your uh, hair is um, a typical Estonian, or what uh, defines an Estonian? What what makes an Estonian Estonian? Like, would you be able to pick an Estonian out in a line, and why? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I might, <laughs> or I might not. <laughs> That's well, fair. depending um, on the visual look, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can see who is Estonian in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what uh, gives us away? How can <laughs> you tell? <laughs> <laughs> no, just obvious like uh, facial features and oh. uh, in general like height, probably uh, skin color as well. Like you know, maybe the way of uh, dressing up. Uh, so this is also like the things that make you stand out in the crowd. But uh, yeah, in terms of behavior, I, I was, uh, yeah, I had the situation when I came from Spain, I think, and uh, I took a train uh, from um, Tallinn to Tartu mm-hmm. and I sat in the train and I'm so used that in Spain, everybody is smiling <laughs> and, you know, like greeting you. And uh, when you're kind of like crossing um, the side of somebody, <laughs> they just, you know, like, I don't know, they've been in a good mood, they're expressing their emotions and so on and so forth. And I remember I was like in a very pumped up mood because I was back in Estonia and I sat in the train and there was this lady sitting in front of me and I smiled at her because I was like very happy. And she just like looked at me as I'm, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> she just came out of a madhouse. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I was like, yep, I'm back in Estonia. You know? <laughs> so this is very fun. <laughs> and But I like challenging Estonian people this way. Like sometimes I can walk on the street and just staring at somebody and smiling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I crack, sometimes I don't. But uh, <laughs> it's it's very nice. <laughs> it's a good challenge. It's yeah. really nice. That's true. <laughs> Okay. Was there anything surprising about Estonia that you um, found when you came to Estonia? I think it's quite a general question, but um, I re- yeah, surprising was probably the winter. It's like six <laughs> months. Don't you have any Is winter it, in yeah. Belarus? Yeah, we do. It's, <laughs> it's never that long at the dark. Oh, <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you do have snow and everything. Yeah. I mean, um, the last couple of years, not that much. But uh, yeah, usually it's quite cold and quite snowy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ski there as well? It's flat. It's as flat oh. as in the store. It's flat here too. We do cross country. Never stopped us from skiing, you know? Yeah. Flat, yeah. Cross country skiing, right? Um, no. Yeah. It's not really my cup of tea. <laughs> Anything weird about Estonians? No. No? Yeah. <laughs> We're that's all so nice. Girls. Yeah, that's nice to hear. For a change. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, everybody has their, like, uh, weird sides, I would say, but uh, nothing nothing bad, like, honestly. Mm. Like, I'm not saying just because, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, weird, <laughs> yeah. weird but it doesn't really necessarily need to be a bad thing as yeah. well. It might be just something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting is another way of saying weird in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, like there's always like something that is like, oh my God, I don't, I don't understand why Estonians do this or that. Or like, 
why are they doing it that way? Or like, you know, have you had any moments like that? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have quite a lot of uh, interesting this cultural events. Um, there is this um, traditional thing. I I don't really know the name, but you might you might maybe uh, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, when people they are dressing up in this kind of uh, weird clothing and they're yeah. coming and they're throwing mean, peas. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't you yeah. have that in Belarus? I would expect no. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, but uh, I was a victim of this situation because some of our friends actually came to our house and they just like <laughs> threw the yeah. peas all over the house, and then <laughs> I didn't <need laughs> left. <laughs> And yes, that's exactly what happened. But, uh, and I and I lived in that place uh, for another maybe one and a half year. And I remember when I was moving out and I was doing this like crazy cleaning, like every single corner should be clean. And uh, I was still finding this uh, peas everywhere. And I'm like, damn it. You know? um, but that was very fun. I totally didn't expect that. It's one of those old Estonian traditions. Uh, one of those... Um, traditional holidays that were turned into religious ones yeah. uh, when Christianity came to Estonia. But essentially, uh, there are two days. There's Patribav and Mardibav. If I'm not mistaken, Mardibav is to bring you just general luck. Somebody comes over and throws stuff around and says some poems and sing this song. And for Katribav is that you would have like cattle luck, that your cattle... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mardibav is for crops and mm-hmm. Katribav, I think, is for cattle. So that your, you know, your horses and the cows and whoever would grow and bring, you know, yeah. lots of... You know, like it, it used to be like if you survived the winter and you had good crops, it would be perfect. Like yeah. That was like our preparation... Uh, for that and yeah. that's why they came over and you know we're dressed up and, we're and it's it's like our version of Halloween because Halloween yeah. was yeah. not really cel- celebrated here so it and it's mainly for like young children like in the schools they have like carnivals that mm-hmm. they have to dress up and like outside they go like children dress up as like usually not as superheroes uh, I don't know if you can even call it the uh, dress up because I think they are usually dress down, dressing down because <laughs> they, they wear rags and yeah. wear like dirty and you know they make exactly. them sort of dirty looking old looking and they go from door to door and uh, sing and uh, give po- tell poems and then either throw beans or. Or, beans, or, or peas, like, get candies. Usually peas and, and some uh, grain and yeah. Mm-hmm. Not usually they weren't getting much candy. They would get like apples <laughs> and you know yeah. like stuff like that. Not like <laughs> not like yeah like trick or treat. Mm. Forget about that. That is like <laughs> these days no Batman's in Katripa and Mordipa. Yeah, like, you can't walk around. Like that. That's why the punishment is so severe. <laughs> yeah, and actually they they might have like left yeah because of the whole throwing thing around as well. I think there were also some punishments if the family wasn't either uh, like very uh, um, like greeting them or yeah. welcoming them. Or if they didn't know certain songs or something, then they could also like punish and throw some other yeah. stuff around or like I don't know hit with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's why> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but Estonian, I would say Estonian uh, holidays are quite violent every once in a while. We have weird things. Like, there's this, uh, uh, I think it's like Tahmadoma Seba or something like that. <laughs> I have never heard of that. <laughs> Do you know what this one? Tahmadoma <laughs> 
like, Doch, in English is like... Like suits, you know, like the okay. one that is Dirty from, stuff. Uh, from yeah. uh, burning wood. <laughs> and there's a day where uh, you have this uh, dude, I think it's Doc Maddows, I'm not 100%. <laughs> I can Google that. Let's see. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Estonians and their holidays, we are so in tune, we all, always know like what our holidays are. But I was a kid, so eventually what happened is that you would have this dude called Thomas that was like put, you know, covered in suit and... And some luck came from that as well, I think, that day <laughs> you had to put that dude outside of your door or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I googled it uh, really quickly and it says, uh, I don't see anything about the Tahma Thomas day, but uh-huh. Tahma Thomas is... Uh, is a human doll tracked or like wearing really old clothes yeah, right. and they bring it uh, <laughs> and they bring it in uh, in the family house uh, during Tomabav Tomabav yeah. or New Year's uh, morning and uh, ah no in New Year, in New Year's morning or on Tomabav they take it secretly to behind other family stores yeah. <laughs> so. that's a bit creepy though no <laughs> oh and <laughs> And it has a bad meaning, actually, when oh, somebody yeah. took, uh, took um, when somebody brought this Tahma Thomas at, at your door, it means that they think you're lazy and sleazy <laughs> and uh, you usually want to take it further to another door. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, we were just teaching our kids how to, uh, you know... <laughs> Bring your worries to some uh, someone else's yeah. door. <laughs> but honestly, I've never heard of that thing before. So <laughs> you're like a little bit younger too. Maybe I'm just old. Yeah. I had that in kindergarten. I remember that. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't went to kindergarten. So I didn't went to kindergarten. So maybe that's the yes, thing. That might be. <laughs> I like I like the Yanipayev as well. Mm-hmm. Yanipayev is cool. What do you like about Yanipayev? I don't know, the whole vibe, like uh, Estonians are getting all so excited about it. <laughs> yes, because it's the, the other uh, big holiday we have in a year. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I usually spend it with my friends, so they're having this kind of like small fires, so I haven't seen like very, very big fires, but uh, still it's uh, pretty nice. Like you are, you are just like spending some time, jumping over, never did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> still not as brave probably to do it, but um, uh, others were doing it, so it's pretty, pretty cool. I think it's a nice uh, holiday that you've got. <laughs> do you have something similar in Belarus? Yeah, there is something similar, but uh, it's... Um, if I'm not mistaken, on the 7th of July. And uh, yeah, the concept is similar. <laughs> so we're also burning stuff. And uh, uh, usually it's like next to the lake. And uh, the um, um, girls are uh, basically making this kind of like, um, I don't know how to call it, like flowering mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. out of uh, flowers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in the end, uh, I think they are putting it in the water as well, like um, to... Um, basically to wish for a good husband or yeah, something this something way. Yeah. As well. But I'm not entirely sure if we put it in the lake as well. Yeah. But, but there's definitely something where you pick the flowers and, and you have to, I think you pick the flowers and you have to put them under your pillow and then you will dream of your future husband. Uh-huh. I think we have something like that. Okay. And then the other thing is like looking for this uh, fur blossom. Have you ever heard about that? No. Fern blossom. Yeah. What's that? Uh, yani. Uh, uh, mm. So nice. Yeah. Fern mm. blossom. It's basically fern. You know the plant. Okay. Yeah. 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 They never bloom. Okay. <laughs> you know that, right? Oh. <laughs> okay. So there's the saying like you have to go on yani bags to search for a fern blossom. Okay. But back All in right. the old days, I don't know. I I think I heard or read about it. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in the old days, there was just a way for uh, kids to go into the woods and. Uh, <clears throat> 
Yeah, do do some uh, other activities. Magic. <laughs> but yeah, the essential idea was that if you find your fern blossom, you will find your husband. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess that's a different way of saying like humba uh, uh, these days. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No. Yeah, no. There's a yeah. Doesn't actually matter, but eventually, <laughs> because if I start explaining it, this conversation is going to get pretty dirty. But <laughs> not sure we, if we want to drive our conversation there. Mm. But essentially, yeah, it's just a slang for something else that yeah. is happening in the woods where nobody will see you anyway. Mm. All right, that's a great segue to have you ever <laughs> uh, been in the woods? <laughs> the, do you have any hobbies that you picked up in Estonia or discovered like um, something that you like? that you haven't tried before and then here uh, recently i've been uh, quite into hiking in into the bogs mm-hmm. area this is super nice and i think you you have very well developed uh, these places for hiking mm-hmm. so um, i visited yeah yeah towers and the wooden exactly mm-hmm. and um, so i've been to a few and this is something that i haven't done like back home or anywhere else and um yeah and apart from that uh, i i think like what's what's the beauty of tartu at least is that you're constantly in this kind of like self-development vibe because uh, once again there are like so many students in here mm-hmm. and you see everybody just like running somewhere or you know people they are working in the cafes or doing something and you're like oh, i want to be a part of it you know like <laughs> I yeah. need to be productive part of the exactly. society. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, and especially like colder it gets, uh, more you are kind of getting into this mood. It has the opposite effect when it comes to the warmer weather after the winter. But uh, yeah, this is basically, it's not really a hobby, but you know, like this kind of like state of mind that I picked up as well here. And um, I like the the general idea that, you know, it's super cold outside and you are like at home, it's super cozy, warm, you're doing some things like reading maybe something. So this is nice. <laughs> Have you noticed that Estonians stay a lot indoors during winter time or not? I think you're resistant to cold. <laughs> you're like, there are more foreigners who are getting locked inside their I houses. Want, I want to disagree, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know only that. I don't want to stay outside for a long time. Like, when I have to catch a bus, then I will be like, okay, in two minutes, I will just, I will not exactly. go too early. I will go like, tuk, 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 to the bus. Okay, one <laughs> bus is one minute late. I'm like, okay, where is it? Where is it? Oh my God. <laughs> this is a strategic thinking. And I think Estonians are very good at that because they have to like measure out the time that they spend out in the cold. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to be very specific, you know, point A, point B, there's the bus. Then I have mm-hmm. only five minutes to get that thing, you know, so it's like kind of gets this into this very planning mode. <laughs> That's true. But the good point is that, uh, for instance, I'm usually taking the train between Tartu and Tallinn mm-hmm. and uh, it's always on time like minute by minute and uh, this i think which, which kind of like supports the, the whole strategic thinking idea yeah. you know because if it would be yeah. like yeah you should leave in uh, 20 minutes but it leaves like in one hour 20 minutes and you're like damn it like standing like one hour in the cold and like you know yeah. like doing nothing what is, uh, how is it when uh, belarus are the buses and trains in, on time or not really Oh. It is southern from Estonia, so is it true that the south, more south you go, the 
And more time is like relative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more relaxed people are. Yeah. But um, in Estonia, oh, not in Estonia, but in Belarus, I don't really know because I'm usually taking the subway if I'm uh, back home mm-hmm. or I'm uh, just driving the car. Uh, but uh, for instance, uh, in Spain or in France, uh, for sure, it's like it's so random. <laughs> you're coming mm-hmm. like your train is cancelled, or <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like leaving in two hours, and you're like, wait a second, I bought the ticket like for this time and you're saying it's two hours it's like what you know so in 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 this case i think estonia was kind of like influenced by this like german mindset you know like that everything should be on time everything should be clear so Mm -hmm. this is a good side (laughs) you know i like i like when it's clear (laughs) Mm -hmm. how do you deal with estonian straightforwardness and bluntness and very <laughs> Short and abrupt nature. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love it until the moment it's in a written form. <laughs> because <laughs> until the moment. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I like when people are straightforward because um, well, you are being much more productive and you are getting much more when you actually understand like what you should improve or you know maybe like if the person was offended by something you understand like what's wrong or what I can do you know like to kind of fix the situation rather than having this kind of like very vague approach and uh, you don't really understand like what's going on around you but uh, why I said about the written form because sometimes um, I had a couple of uh, issues with Estonians when I was reading their text I was like oh my god why is they pissed off at me <laughs> because like I'm yeah. reading I was like is the person mad at me like you know something happened like I don't understand but uh, then I'm calling the minute after and they're like hey how's it going you know <laughs> you know being all shiny and smiling and uh, in this case I'm like mm. we're just being practical yeah exactly you're, <laughs> short words you, you short mentioned words. it earlier in the conversation <laughs> that you're not wasting words yeah <laughs> this is so true you know <laughs> even in the written form maybe coming back to stereotypes I, I right now thought uh, of the other thing I don't know if it's true or not but uh, I think Estonians they prefer more typing than actually picking up the phone oh for sure Often, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Again, not like my mom though I think it's a generational thing as well but. yeah 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 exactly but uh, I have also a couple of friends who for instance if you call you know like they don't reply yeah. and then uh, right away they're writing like what did you want you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. and uh, you're like wait a second you're on your phone and uh, mm-hmm. you could have just like picked up the phone and replied to me but uh, they decide not to do it because mm-hmm. it's much more practical yeah. It's interesting because for me, it's like uh, you, you mentioned uh, for a second about the generation difference as well. Mm-hmm. For me, for example, with calling, it's like when I have to, uh, when I have a question about my bank card or dentist or something mm-hmm. like official, I have no problem with calling. It's like the one thing I'm like, I will get it done so fast. I will call to the bank. I will call to the mm-hmm. information thing. But when it's more like uh, with friends, when I don't have anything specific, then I'm more like typing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my parents are the total opposite when they have a problem with internet or bank or something then they either call me so i can help them they don't want to call them they would never call the bank their some their selves but when uh, somebody in the family like relatives have birthdays then my father is like picking up the phone like no problem and mom like (laughs) so they're like we are like opposite in that matter yeah my mom could speak on the phone like for hours like 
she would have like three or four friends that she would call in one day, have a like mm -hmm. one and one and a half hour conversation with each of them, repeating <laughs> the same things over and over and over again. Visiting her is like going on a like, you wouldn't know everything by the time, you know, four hours has passed because she has already spoken to at least three other people. <laughs> But for me, it's like my phone is constantly on silent mode. Like they already know not to call me because I don't like to speak to people on the phone. Part, part of it is that sometimes, yeah, it's just long conversations and I know my mom takes a long, long yeah. time, but I don't like generally like people's calls because for me it is about reacting to things. Yeah. I'm not yeah. very good at like uh, thinking on my feet and I don't like mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. put into these situations where I have to quickly like, you know, decide something like somebody like the... You know, the guys that tell you something over the phone, God, how <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's maybe difficult as well to stop the conversations. That's yeah. why, you know, like, it's better not Very to pick polite. it up in the first place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that. I didn't know this, sorry. And then I can't decide if I want to call back that person or not. <laughs> exactly. <as well. laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But this is a fun, a fun point that I picked <laughs> up as well. So right now I'm always writing to people. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind people who write. I love them. <laughs> yeah, you're really responsive actually with text. I see. <laughs> I worked very hard on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like, yeah. Sometimes I feel like calling would be so much faster. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it depends on the situation, always, as you said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Is true. there anything you you think other foreigners should know when they would like to move to Estonia? I think yeah. Um, I think they shouldn't underestimate the country, even though it's uh, small and it's not maybe well known, for instance, in uh, Western Europe or, mm -hmm. you know, elsewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very uh, developed, uh, you know, I'm so impressed all the time by all the technologies, all this e-governance, e all this like e-residency and so on so forth. This is a very cool point. Like uh, all my uh, administrative stuff is online. Like I don't need to worry about all this like papers. Uh, Yeah, waiting you know, in line for exactly. hours. <laughs> yes, this totally saved my life. And when I hear stories as well that some people, they need to spend like several hours somewhere, you know, in other countries to get like one paper and then it appears that it's not the right paper and they need to stand again in the queue and, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, in these moments, I'm like, God bless Estonia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is uh, such a brilliant place to be. <laughs> At the same time, I think like, even though Estonians are quite, as, as I mentioned, And, uh, from the first side they might look reserved but uh, they were welcoming I think um, and um, in general they're kind of like used to having other people living in their country um, yet at the same time they're preserving their identity and they're kind of like uh, keeping very strong in this way and uh, yeah and in general I think like everybody who is coming to Estonia they must be open-minded because it's not kind of like the most stereotypical place to go, I would say, you know, okay, at least what that's what, by that? <laughs> I mean, I, I spoke with so many uh, foreigners who came to Estonia and uh, they were saying that, uh, okay, they just wanted to experience something different because everybody goes to, um, I don't know, Germany, everybody goes to yeah. Spain, but uh, in here is completely different environment and uh, you're having all these like small traditions that are completely new and completely unknown, maybe different. The language is um, completely different as well. Mm -hmm. So in this sense, uh, it's, uh, it's very nice. And also there are a lot of kind of events going on uh, related to art, music, to all the startups, entrepreneurship, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you can find uh, whatever suits you best. 
And I think this is fantastic. <laughs> what do you think that person should be like that would fit into Estonia very well? Oh, good angle. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I mean, the main quality is open-mindedness, I'd say. Yeah, you just have to go with the flow and uh, maybe don't have too much expectations and uh, just, you know, like go and discover and uh, see how it works. And I think they will be impressed. So <laughs> Even with sauna? Oh, sauna is, yeah, this this is plus one to what I like in Estonia. <laughs> Do you have saunas in Belarus as well? Or yeah, but this is concept? like Russian, Russian banyas, you know, like, so it's is a it bit different. different. Not really. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, maybe I don't know if there are yeah. any experts of sound or bunnies in here. Like maybe they can correct me. But I think it's pretty similar. But mm. I think the whole culture around uh, this uh, saunas in Estonia is, is very unique as well. Like that, uh, I have some friends who live in small towns like in Elva, Pilva, and mm. uh, they just okay. It's it's a must to go to sauna every <laughs> week. You know, it's a whole yeah. this tradition of doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and it's so fun how it's being brought up from from a very young age as well so mm-hmm. this this is very cool <laughs> how was your uh, experience with sauna here loving it still not too comfortable being like naked in there but uh, <laughs> well i guess it will come at some point <laughs> how do you feel about this whole uh, birch branch Oh, this 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 is nice as well. Like uh, you can secretly <laughs> release all your anger, you know, like if you're doing it on somebody else. But uh, and yeah. they will enjoy it and ask for more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is this like uh, kind of a hole in the system, you know. Like, <laughs> Maybe that was the hidden meaning behind it already. Yeah. Exactly. They yeah. say it's healthy for you, but <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But uh, I love it. Uh, it's a very fun time. You can have very fun conversations as well with your friends so really enjoy and uh, the other fun kind of uh point about estonia is that uh, actually the sauna is being brought to this like corporate level as well because when i was working as well this is also like a part of our um, kind of company culture is that you know we have our, we were having this team events and we were going uh, somewhere outside of tartu in a small village somewhere like in the town ta- uh, like in a, kind of like a tiny house and in there there should be sauna and everybody was going to sauna you know like so this was like a the main event of the whole bonding evening yes exactly (laughs) yeah i think um, uh, estonians open up more in the sauna i'm sure and i think um voila oh in this traditional terms that once again people they are going naked in the sauna i think Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a mental thing as well that you have nothing else to hide you know like so you can be yourself and uh, um i'm not sure whether it's true or not but i heard that also like this uh idea of the ear residency it came up uh in in sauna because uh, wouldn't be surprised (laughs) yeah they were just like discussing it you know they're supposed to say or usually they say that all of these um, important conversations happen in sauna because nobody has anything to hide and at the same time you're showing that you come unarmed yes exactly so it's kind of like every and everybody's equal there so it's like equal level of ideas as well i guess yeah yeah that's that's so true 
<laughs> this sense, you know, like uh, uh, you correctly underlined that Estonians they open up, <laughs> you know, like when they're there. I think all the foreigners they as were around, like they just like kind of like feeling yeah. not very comfortable <laughs> at first, but then uh, oh, they start getting this kind of like way of thinking as well. <laughs> so if somebody's worried about sauna when they're coming to Estonia, what is your uh, words of wisdom for them? Embrace the nakedness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> free your body. But uh, yeah, just 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 go with the flow. <laughs> you know, if you need something for bravery as well, like maybe it will help. But uh, in general, like nobody judges. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. is the same, so that's cool. You'll have such good memories and uh, such fun <laughs> stories to tell afterwards. So if somebody offers you to go to sauna, just say yes and just go for it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a special like uh, most like sports clubs here have saunas so if you go like after gym uh, after doing sports you go wash yourself and you go for in the sauna for like five minutes then it's like such such a normal thing to be naked and see like other strangers naked there and nobody cares at all so yeah yeah and ain't nobody got time to look at you exactly <laughs> they're too busy trying to survive the heat yeah <laughs> yeah and it removes this kind of like egoism in a sense because you know we are constantly thinking that uh, whatever we are doing you know like whatever we are saying is kind of like important that people are judging us but in reality in these kind of moments you're understanding like no you're just one of many mm-hmm. which can sound bad but at the same time it's good you know because it brings you back to the ground and you should be more basically um, kind of chill with yourself you know and uh, you should be worried that uh, I don't know like uh, (laughs) that you might not look right or you know might not behave right Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is in general tend to have this very high I don't know very high expectations in, in terms of how they look like Mm-hmm. which I haven't noticed like I, when I went to Spain like one of the things that I really liked in there was the fact that it felt to me that it was everybody was feeling very comfortable in their own skin whereas I think in Estonia this image of how your body looks and stuff like that is like very important but also overstressed and in that yeah. sense like going to sauna is like one of the places where you can just be whatever you are like nobody's gonna judge you exactly yeah, yeah. you understand that people are like tall short you know like yeah. in a body like being skinny yeah. you yeah. know like all the different uh, shapes and colors yeah, you, you know, can like, still so. come out looking bright red as a you exactly. know like a cancer <laughs> sweaty yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so everybody sounds so sexy when you yeah. say like I think it's a funny thing because I feel like it comes, I would say it comes a lot from movies and from seeing like American culture. But at the same time, when I was living in America, I was like, people there don't care about their, mm-hmm. like, okay, in New York, they do care what they wear. But like mm-hmm. outside, like everybody's wearing sweats and like, and nobody's going around naked. <laughs> or like you can't really see naked bodies in the gyms or anywhere. And then it's like, hmm, I wonder like, how are we so influenced by that? By yeah. that? And they themselves are like actually not yeah that's a very valid point i remember i was also um i think when i was younger i went to england uh, for an exchange and uh, i was so shocked to see uh, this uh uh, girl she was like very she was wearing very like uh, shiny leggings you know like and uh, uh that 
Well, in my subjective opinion, I think they were a bit too small, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and uh, some kind of like a crop top, you know, she has this like very bright hair and, um, in Belarus, especially at that time, like there was no diversity in the population whatsoever, you know, like there was just Belarusian people to hear some kind of foreigner in the country. It was like, how did you end up here? You know, like, what are you doing here even? And in there, when I saw this uh, girl and how confident she was, and she was just like walking, chatting, like uh, laughing, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like uh, if, um, if you're wearing something different back home, you know, everybody will be just like judging and looking at you. Yeah. And in here, like here she is going like so happy, you know, like dressed up in such a cool way. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is uh, probably what makes this different difference between the West and the East, you know, in this situation. Mm -hmm. But uh, in Estonia, I think like, uh, once again, <laughs> thanks to sauna, <laughs> like uh, everybody is having this kind of like deeper understanding that, you know, like you can look, for instance, like the most um, uh, unusual, but at the same time, you could be like the nicest person ever. Like I have a lot of friends which are like dressed up all, all in uh, this like leather jackets, you know, like tattoos everywhere, like huge piercings, but um, like guys, they're like the sweetest, the nicest people ever, Take you know, years. like <laughs> yeah, listening to classical music, you know, like doing some art. So you understand the deeper meaning behind it. <laughs> Do you think that Estonians hide that kind of side of themselves as well? Like, I mean, yeah, it is an expression, the the clothes and the way how you wear the twos, but then deep inside you are like something different. Like, where does this uh, weird um, cacophony of like who you are inside and how people perceive you and how you are expressing yourself comes from? Yeah, I think it's difficult to say because some people can express themselves uh, by the way they look uh, um, and uh, actually show their inner side like this to kind of like make it available yeah. to the world. But the other was they're using this like kind of outside shell to protect, the, you know, like what they've got. So I think until you really know the person, like you can't, can't really say because you, you can think that the person is like you know i don't know like nice or weird or whatever adjectives you can even think of yeah. but then you're getting to know the person and uh, your hypothesis can either become true or they can be completely wrong because you are like okay this is just the image that the person gives but in reality there is something behind <laughs> So is that the part where people who come here have to be open-minded about <laughs> Like, uh, first uh, first appearances cannot lie. Exactly. Oh, I'm 100% sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually uh, this kind of person mm -hmm. who is like, uh, you know, for me, it's not enough to meet a person one time. Like, yeah. at least, uh, mm -hmm. at least like, a couple of times, and then you're having some kind of, like, overall, um, maybe like the first impression that's been built up out of many first impressions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> roughly saying. Then yeah. you get that person. Yeah. Mm. Because I even um, by myself, like when I'm meeting somebody for the first time, mm -hmm. I'm not being myself fully. So I'm uh, not really behaving the, um, the way I am or maybe uh, trying to kind of like filter what I'm saying mm. uh, so that maybe like I don't offend the person or, you know, <laughs> like I, I'm kind of like testing my limits, like where mm -hmm. I can go. But uh, eventually, yeah, after a couple of meetings, you're just kind of like relaxing. You're understanding that you are safe. The situation is safe. <laughs> You know, yeah. and uh, you're just kind of like starting building up the relationships. What do you do nowadays in uh, Estonia? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
So Corona has been quite harsh <laughs> on everyone. Mm-hmm. So not, not as hard in actually in Estonia as in many yes. other countries, though. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm just uh, yeah. probably the main thing I'm doing these days is just trying to enjoy the freedom that you still have uh, mm-hmm. in the country, because uh, in uh, all the other countries the restrictions are quite harsh these days, and some of them are saying that they might close for the second uh, mm. quarantine. So uh, yeah, right now it's nice. And I like uh, I like this um, part of the year as well when uh, it's uh, kind of like stars getting orangey, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the leaves are falling, but it's still warm and uh, yeah. So at the moment, uh, um, just kind of like trying to uh, do some you know these different like uh, personal development courses and these kind oh. of things. <laughs> what are you studying so or what fun. kind of courses are you taking? I'm taking whatever interests me, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'm just like trying to uh, immerse my knowledge uh, in all the like entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm very interested in all the like human behavior and psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, apart from that, I'm actually learning French. Ooh, <laughs> so la la, <laughs> say something in French. <laughs> Show us what you got. J'adore votre podcast. <laughs> I couldn't understand, but it sounded really yeah. nice. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think she said she likes our podcast. Exactly. She, she, she adores our yeah. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you see, you don't need to know French <laughs> yeah, to translate you know, it. Do you know the Estonian version of French? <laughs> no. It's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it means I will eat you. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what people say when they want to sound uh, French. They're really? like, I can, I can speak French, and then it's good to know. Yeah. You know this one. Yes, you should, and then next, you can uh, say that. Yeah, next time I speak with French people, I should uh, pull this card out. <laughs> oh, sure. Are you good in French in general or in languages? Mm, I'm okay. Like I can communicate, and I think people can understand me. Uh, and I think I go to this level that I don't really care, like what they think about, like me speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so I'm perfect. Just <laughs> doing mistakes and uh, trying to ex- express myself. And I also notice the thing that uh, usually this elderly people they are more patient. So I'm trying to practice with them, <laughs> you know, because they have time and maybe interest yeah. to get to know like my stories. But uh, yeah, I'm slowly but surely getting better. But uh, my goal mm-hmm. is to get like a solid B2 by the end of the year. Mm, nice. So nice. just right now working on it. <laughs> that was in Estonian, right? Or French? No. <laughs> no, that was yeah, in French. In Estonian. Oh, phew. yeah. In French. French Estonian yeah, okay, is okay. like, it's still probably somewhere like at the 0.1. 0. 0. <laughs> <laughs> this lovely level. Yeah. yeah. I can only say Minu uh, Nimi Onirina. Basically, my name is Irina and like, what's your name? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and all the list of polite phrases that you can imagine. Yeah, but that's already a good start. Is yeah. it in your, um, do you think learning Estonian is important for your stay here in Estonia? I mean, um, yeah, I'm just on the spot here. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm currently at this kind of uh, level that uh, I would like to probably understand like deeper the culture, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, in this case, I think it's important. But at the same time, I'm horrified by the <laughs> like by all the grammar and you know like all the words are completely different, like from uh, English mm-hmm. or French or Russian. So I'm like, 
there's like nothing to connect it to. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. completely new. So. There are well, a few Russian words like Tavai. Yeah, which is what to say. Yes. <laughs> Maybe something else. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, um the yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this is, there is this like Baravik I learned yeah, yesterday, yeah. I think. Sefir like, or like yeah. <laughs> Kifir. Yes, <laughs> so, <Paranka>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is once again I think those are actually like Soviet words, you know, like that they actually come in at the time. <laughs> This I don't know. Donuts. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, when I'm listening mm-hmm. to other people, I'm like, hmm, this mm-hmm. might be this word. But in general, I think Estonian is, yeah, it's Different. out of my league. <laughs> but uh, maybe I will ch- challenge myself at some mm-hmm. point and just go with, go with the flow and try to learn at least like to a one level <laughs> to, to finish the books mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I had. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it depends as well whether you're uh, planning on staying to Estonia for a longer period of time or whether or how or whom you're working with as well. True, true. Because but if your for- work is like mostly with foreign countries or foreigners, then yeah. you could get by <laughs> with the pol- polite phrase. I have a very good uh, friend from Boston who did his exchange in here at Tartu University mm-hmm. and uh, he actually... Uh, uh, took a class of Estonian. This is like Estonian for beginners. And everybody were asking him, like, you came for four months, you know, like, why do you need to learn Estonian? He was like, no, but this is so cool. It's so interesting. Like, I'm from US. Uh, I speak uh, only English. So, you know, I want to learn something, the language that nobody will understand, you mm-hmm. know, like when I come back. And uh, the fun story is when he came back, actually, like he met, uh, met a girl who mm-hmm. actually speaks Estonian ah. as well as a foreign language. So, so you you, like, they had some uh, kind of like practice, but uh, eventually once again, as, as it's a difficult language and if you don't have any practice, Practices kind of like fades away with yeah. some time. Yeah. yeah, that tends to happen with Estonian speakers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Any anything nice you would like to say in the end before we wrap up? <laughs> something that we didn't sound. touch. Something that you want to touch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, as I mentioned, Estonia is a great country and uh, constantly continues to surprise, surprise me. And uh, yeah, I I would wish everyone to come and see it by themselves and just uh, to have some good uh, couple of weeks uh, hopefully with Estonians around you <laughs> and uh, trying to um, be open-minded, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. maybe trying out different traditions or also like different kind of like foods and uh, kind of expanding their limits. So, yeah, I I hope, I hope that it will uh, get better and better as well. So, this every year. Yeah, emphasis on a couple of weeks. <laughs> Did you no, notice that part? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounded bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, actually, I think it's very important yeah. part of it. <laughs> no, in a way, is that uh, everybody who's coming, they're coming like, I don't know. A few days and see yeah, the old yeah, town of Tallinn and then bye, yeah, bye, bye. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if, if you... Um, bold enough to come like for um, yes. for months for years this is amazing but uh, you can start with with small steps and at least like experience this like couple of weeks being in here mm-hmm. which is epic <laughs> is it easier for foreigners to be here in estonia or like i mean yeah you you are say, praising us yeah. so much but uh, oh. that's a foreigner coming here like it would be important to know like is it safe here is it like uh, are you welcomed etc 
hundred percent. I I think so. Like in terms of safety, especially, it's a very good point that you brought up, because uh, I also spent uh, some time in uh, Barcelona, and in there it was uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, the opposite of safety, <laughs> you know, and same okay. uh, right now, I think there are like more and more cases happening in Western Europe. That's a bit uh, kind of like sketchy, but in here you can walk easily, like in the middle of the night, uh, maybe the only kind of situation that you can encounter is that there will be some drunk person just uh, asking for a smoke or, you know, <laughs> yeah. like if you have some coins, you know, like to buy uh, yeah. more drinks. But uh, apart from that, um, I was uh, keeping my bicycle outside and unlocked uh, or, you know, like, well, to me, nothing happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are like so many situations like this that mm -hmm. I hear that somebody like didn't have like a lock in their house, yeah. but also like <laughs> living like this, you know, and nothing was happening. A very good story I had as well that uh, the other day I was... Um, I was supposed to take a bus to go somewhere to Latvia and uh, I actually forgot as as I learned afterwards, but uh, I dropped my wallet in the middle of the the most oh. busiest street in Tartu. And uh, once, uh, basically, my friend went to um, uh, was passing by. He saw the wallet, and he was like, "Yeah, you lost the wallet." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, I was at that place like literally 45 minutes ago, and there are all my cards, there are like all my documents, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it the was just like, like the same way, you know, and nobody was touching it, and uh, same. I once forgot my phone as well like also it was just lying the way it is you know mm -hmm. nobody nobody was touching it everybody was doing like their things and mm -hmm. that's it you have some seriously good luck too yeah, that's <laughs> probably really nice. probably yeah or yeah, it's well, just Estonians are ignorant uh -huh, some other people <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know if you have this thing but like uh, in my culture we have um, this kind of like saying that if you take something that's not yours you know you will lose something that's mm -hmm. yours oh, <laughs> so <okay>. usually <laughs> usually yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah exactly but uh, I'm not taking anything like when I see I'm like yeah the headphones nice but they're not mine so I'm just like uh, leave them there or mm -hmm. like uh, something else like even even money okay I'm from this kind of people who are not picking it up <laughs> yeah you're not the one to pick up the pennies on the on, on no. the asphalt <laughs> yeah, even bigger bills <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well but they say if you don't even pick up the pennies you're never gonna get your million <laughs> true true you see this is all all about like how you take it yeah, practical <laughs> we're very practical yeah like, you gotta save up yeah. <laughs> that's true don't speak much save up <laughs> yeah yeah it's like yeah just preserve so yourself that's as much as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Don't speak up, save up. That sounds like a slogan as well. <laughs> yeah. You have to pick up all of those slogans later on. Yeah. Turn them into t-shirts. Exactly. Would you wear one if it had something like that? For on? sure. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> nice. See, customer down. number one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, let's wrap up. Thank you for coming here and being our guests. It was really nice talking with you. And uh, if you uh, like this episode, share it with somebody you think should hear it as well. Go to our Instagram, go to our Facebook, go to our website, foundinestonia.ee and uh, go to sauna. Go to sauna and uh, tell <laughs> us how you like the sauna experience and also the podcast experience or listen it in a sauna or wherever. And, <laughs> yes. and fix everything. And uh, what else? What yeah. else do we remember? And from don't this eat uh, herring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, try it, but uh, well, make yeah, it. Yeah, always yeah. try it once. <laughs> If you don't like it, it's all right. Yeah, and let 
Kuidas nagu if you knew about the Tahma Toomas or what? Yes, yes, anybody that knows about Tahma Toomas, let me know. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel so stupid for that. Let for knowing it and not remembering mm. anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Yeah. It was a very interesting conversation. Okay, thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>